Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. The details that God revealed to Moses regarding the design and furnishings of the tabernacle convey a lot of spiritual insight into our own experience of Christ and the Christian life. In a similar way, Jehovah was careful and very specific as he revealed all the items that the high priest had to wear in conducting the priestly service in the tabernacle. Among these items, six in total, the ephod is most mysterious and full of marvelous spiritual meaning. We return today for another look at the priestly garments on this life study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Francis Paul has joined us again today as we come to look at this mysterious article of clothing for the high priest. Welcome back to our program, Francis. I'm always happy to be here, especially to see the unveiling of some of these hidden things in the Old Testament. We have been looking for some time, Francis, at this item of clothing in the priestly garment called the ephod. It's E-P-H-O-D. Uh, We realize you may not be familiar with this term because uh, there's no equivalent English word for it. There is a description of it, however, in Exodus chapter 28. Let me read a few of these verses. It'll give us, I think, some idea. Verse 5 says, They therefore shall take gold and the blue and the purple and the scarlet strands and the fine linen, and they shall make the ephod of gold, of blue and purple and scarlet strands and fine twined linen, the work of a skillful workman. It shall have two shoulder pieces joined to its two edges, so that it may be joined together. And you shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the children of Israel, six of their names on one stone and the names of the remaining six on the other stone according to their birth. And you shall put the two stones on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as stones of remembrance for the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before Jehovah, on his two shoulders for a memorial. Francis, would you describe this item for us? I think it's important that the listeners get a mental picture, a picture in mind. This ephod was really something unique, wasn't it? Well, the easiest way to answer that is yes. (laughs) It is a very unique uh, portion of the high priest garments. It was kind of a two-piece garment for the back and the front of the high priest, And there are a lot of descriptions given by different ones who've studied these things. They don't all agree in detail, but in general principle, they do get a kind of a physical picture of what this ephod was like. I think the main thing about this ephod is for us to get a spiritual application of what this ephod really shows us. And what's contained in this ephod, the different colors that are there and the different weavings they're, they're interwoven. You have so many different elements that are there, and each one of them is very descriptive of Christ. So the ephod is really a type or a picture of the two natures of Christ, the divine and the human nature. And I think we'll see as we get into the application of these colors 
in the message today, the real significance of this ephod, not so much the physical description. That's helpful. But what we're interested in today and what we're interested in as New Testament believers is uh, how Christ is presented to us. We all know that he is the high priest, and he's typified by the high priest in the Old Testament, Aaron first, and then his sons. So that type is a marvelous picture, and I would encourage anyone to get into this chapter 28 of Exodus, which brings out all these points. So I hope that even though this is not giving you a good thorough picture of this, we have to realize that there are not two ephods, but the two parts of the ephod, the front and the back, are joined together by uh, certain shoulder pieces. It's on these shoulder pieces that these two onyx stones are placed, and I think we'll see some real significance to that as we get into this message. That's um, uh, very appropriate because that's exactly what we were going to focus primarily on today is looking at these onyx stones, but also looking at the detail of how they're joined or fastened to the ephod attached to the high priest. And the onyx stones are very full of meaning and very significant. Let's join Witness Lee. You do have two pieces of onyx with six names engraved on each piece of this annexes. And what is the annex stone? That's us. You have to realize with your natural being, there are two aspects. One aspect is of God's creation. And the other aspect is of the human fall. Some part of our human being, natural being, is the creation of God. And some part for natural being is of the human fall. And this part of the human fall will be shaken away. And that part of God's creation will remain to be transformed. So, God's working on you works for two things. It shakes away the fallen aspect. And it uplifts and transforms God's created aspect to become precious too. Or you might have been saved just for a few minutes. This kind of a shaking off and this kind of uplifting and transforming surely needs some time. We are on stone. If we will not be completely the onyx stone we will be someday. I have the expectation Amen. with full assurance, not only for myself, but for all of you. Amen. That one day will come, we all will be Amen. the pure and complete onyx stone. Amen. Especially in the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, new earth. We all will be the two precious stones. Well, Francis, the natural man, our natural being, uh, every man, really, is a composition of two basic elements, one good and one bad. And this is for Christians, for non-Christians, all people seem to, in their natural constitution, have these two aspects to them. And we receive these, one through the good, through God's creation, and then, of course, the uh, not-so-good part, through the fall of man. This is the clear teaching of the Bible. 
All Christians know that the fallen sinful part, the sinful element, has to fall away, just like the dust that we heard about. But the interesting thing is that the good part, the God-created part that we received in his creation, still needs to be transformed. Do you think this is an understanding that's that well understood, Francis? I'm afraid this is an understanding that's been uh, very short among many Christians. They only consider that their sins are dealt with. The sins can be forgotten. We like verses like, uh, I will remove their iniquities as far as the east is from the west, and I'll cast the memory of their sins into the depths of the ocean. We all like this. But if we realize God created man, and uh, when he created man, it was the topmost part of his creation. And of everything else, he said it was good. It was good. But when he created man, he said very good. So he did an excellent job on creating man. And uh, Satan came in, and man fell, not just a disobedience, but he took into him another kind of life, a satanic life. And this life really ruined man. Though God created him very good, Satan came in and damaged him. And that made man a fallen, sinful being. So now we have to see that our nature, or our natural being, I would say, has these two aspects, the aspect of God's creation and also the aspect of the fall. And part of our natural being is the creation of God. Then another part is of man's fall. So Christ came in to really uh, take away sin, and that's the dusty part we're talking about that's been shaken away. Right. I think that's the way Brother Lee put it, that that shaking is not to uh, terminate us in our created being, but in our sinful being. It's to really shake off all the dusty part of our natural man. But there is the created part that needs to be transformed, needs to be uplifted, and that's what becomes the onyx stone. Mm. So these onyx stones that are placed on the shoulder pieces of the ephod are really us. This is us, the believers, the redeemed ones. And we do have an amount of this onyx stone in us from the time that we're regenerated by a new birth. Mm. We've touched here a big topic that we've oh, spent many programs discussing, this matter of transformation and the whole significance throughout Scripture of the precious stones. This is not something that's just relegated to... Uh, the book of Exodus, is it, Francis, this matter of the precious stones in God's ultimate plan and building? No, actually, in the New Testament, you know, he says that we build with gold, that's God's nature, with silver, that's the type of Christ's redemption, and with precious stones, that's the type of the transforming work that the Lord does on us by the Spirit who lives within us and is transforming us. This matter of transformation is really pictured here in these stones. We become stones. We become those who have another transformed nature to our created being. I think this fits into that category of the unveiling that we talked about earlier. Now, in this coming portion, we want to look at not just the stones, but this is a tremendous picture coming up. How the stones were actually physically attached to the ephod is another item of tremendous significance. I think all of our listeners are going to enjoy this. Let's go back to Witness Lee. This onyx stone is put on the shoulder piece. By what way? 
by gold, by put into a golden sighting. The golden sighting was made not in a simple shape. It was a kind of a plated, filigree, fine, pretty, beautiful, nice looking, attractive, very lovely design. And this is the sighting. Here it says, the sighting is plated and looks very filigree. What is this? Saints, you and I are fastened by such a sighting. You and I are held by such a sighting. And what is this sighting? This is the Lord's divinity. After being processed, after having gone through all those sufferings, those sufferings, those processes made him such a beautiful, nice-looking sighting. Without this picture of the type, just by New Testament plain words of pages, could you see this? We are told by the New Testament that we are held by the power of the Lord Jesus. We are told so. We know this. But we could never imagine the Lord Jesus as the holding sighting has been made in a beautiful way, in a third gray way, in a nice looking way, in a very attractive way. We need some time to pray, read. We need some time to fellowship about it that we may appreciate him. The more you get into his beauty, the more you appreciate his beauty, the more steadily fastened you are in him and by him. Francis, this ephod or overgarment worn by the high priest was made essentially as a fastener. In fact, we've seen earlier that the word ephod really means to fasten or to link together. But the shoulder straps or the shoulder plates that are the connectors between the two pieces also are those upon which these stones were attached. The onyx stones upon the shoulders represent, as you said earlier, all of God's redeemed people. That's us. But even the way that these stones were fastened to the shoulder plates was really marvelous. Tell us about it. Well, these stones, these onyx stones, were attached, as you said, to the shoulder pieces. In Exodus 28, verse 11, it talks about this. With the work of a stone engraver, like the engravings of a signet, you shall engrave the two stones according to the names of the sons of Israel. You shall make them enclosed in settings of gold. I'd like to emphasize in that part of the verse where it talks about engraving them and then they're enclosed in settings of gold. Now, we've seen that the Hebrew words rendered settings of gold also mean uh, plated works of gold into which the onyx stones were put. That was not simple, and they were not of a simple shape. 
It was rather plated in a very beautiful design. We should not think that these settings merely are sockets of gold formed to hold the precious stones. The gold was plated in a filigree setting, a beautiful setting. These settings of gold signify how we are attached, how we're fastened, how we're held to the Lord Jesus. These settings really portray the Lord's divinity after it's been processed. Now, let me explain that a little bit, Chris, because I think many people don't have a picture that the Lord's divinity is really what holds us, fastens us to the Lord Jesus. So the Lord's divinity, here we have to say, after it has been processed and has passed through many sufferings, and that's brought out by the way this filigree has been described here as such a beautiful setting. The sufferings experienced by the Lord Jesus caused him to be formed into a beautiful setting to hold us as the precious stones. So we're put into this, uh, this kind of safekeeping in a strong way. We are held by the Lord Jesus in his divinity. Of course, the New Testament does talk about the fact that we are held by the power of the Lord. But have you ever imagined that the Lord Jesus is holding us in a beautiful setting of gold filigree? We are being held to him in a very beautiful way. Now, for us to experience this being held, the more we behold the Lord's beauty and appreciate it, the more steadily we shall be fastened to him and by him. This may be thought of kind of as a positive thinking the more you see it, the more you appreciate it. But it's more than that. This is a spiritual reality, that the more our eyes are open to see the glory of Christ's power that's manifested in the deity of Christ as a holding element, the gold that is a holding place for these onyx stones signifies that we are held and fastened and uh, kept in Christ by this gold nature of Christ. We're held by his divinity. Mm. Witness Lee's exhortation in one of these recent messages was that if we go back now and reread the Gospels with this view, looking at the beauty of Christ, the beauty of his humanity, the beautiful way he handled people uh, in all of the cases that are portrayed in the Gospels, our appreciation will increase, and that appreciation becomes the experience of this setting of the divine gold and this beautiful workmanship is quite a picture. It's very experiential and it's pretty deep, but we've all had an inner appreciation of just how beautiful and magnificent Christ really is. And that appreciation becomes the experience of this very holding power that you're describing. Yes, that's right. The holding power is really the expression of what Christ is because he's, he's everything. He's God. He's man. And all these colors that are included here show different aspects of his beauty and his glory. For example, he's a heavenly person, which is indicated by the blue color. And then the purple color indicates his kingship or his royalty. The scarlet color indicates his redemption. So Christ is everything. He's God. He's man. He's uh, heavenly. He's kingly. And he's redemptive. And all these make up his beauty. This is the expression that holds us in him. We're so secure because we're on that kind of holding power. Well, there's another aspect to uh, this stone work and the attachment to the priestly garment, and that is that the stones themselves 
became an enhancement, a kind of a beautification to the high priest. And a very, very marvelous point awaits us in this last section. Let's go back to Witness Lee. We enjoy Christ to hold us, to fasten us, to uh, link us to himself, yet we never realize what was within his fastening power. I do have a lot of feelings, some burden within me I cannot utter. No language, no word, no vocabulary, because in human culture there was not such a thing. So in the dictionary you couldn't find any word for you to use to express the same thing. But I believe just by presenting this picture to you, you all can realize something. Amen. Lord Jesus, you are so precious. Amen. You are so beautiful. Amen. Oh, you are such a treasure. You are just very God woven together with a real man. Amen. You are heavenly. You are kingly. And you are redemptive. My, I am just born by you, fastened to you, linked to you. Then what? Then we become a building to his expression. And his expression becomes our beauty in which we are held. You look at the high priest garment, if you take away the two pieces, onyx, this, what? This reduces the beauty of the effort. You have to say, Lord Jesus, how thankful I am. I can be the beauty of your expression. On the other hand, if you don't have the effort with the golden setting, you only have two-piece bare stones. And the stones don't have a kind of beautiful decoration. So you could see the two annexes became the beauty of the ephod. And the ephod with the golden setting became the beauty of the two stones. So both beautify each other. Amen. Then, as we pointed out last time already, this becomes a memorial in the eyes of God. And this is the memorial of what? Of the church sight in Christ. And this is the memorial of Christ holding the church. Amen. Which Christ holding God's redeemed people. Amen. And this will be for eternity. Amen. We will be fastened to Christ and Christ will be holding us in the presence of God as an eternal memorial. Hallelujah. And today, we can experience this, and we can enjoy this. Well, Francis, have you ever heard a more encouraging or uplifting word? The beautiful Christ 
holding us, his redeemed, upon his shoulders for eternity. Francis, what about the fact that we, as the onyx stones, are actually adding to the beauty of the high priest? This seems just utterly impossible to our natural thought. It does seem that, but it really is uh, brought out so beautifully here. We become an added beauty to his expression. His expression becomes our beauty in which we're held. If you remove these stones from the ephod, it would really diminish the beauty. And so there's no way to remove the redeemed from Christ. The redeemed, the transformed ones, are really an addition to the beauty of Christ. You know, God's intention is to put his Christ into us to make us the enlargement and the expansion of Christ in all these aspects. And these stones really are a picture of that. We are the addition to the beauty of Christ. Isn't that marvelous? Mm, That's tremendous. Today for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.